Welcome back to Freezer Social. <laughs> you can't, <laughs> man. He's been working. He's been working on that. He's been working, working on that. Working on it. Uh, for the party, listen. We are joined by a big, big, oh, big, big guest. guest man. You know, <laughs> yeah. um, it's true. Yeah. Big he's guest. big. You know, he. Uh, you know. You know what? I've been working on this intro. Go on, please. You know what? <laughs> big, big, big interview. You get me. Obviously, it's not every day that you can sit down with someone that took the time to actually go and find out how to be successful. Yeah. Find a mentor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, and, and the thing is, like, he didn't actually like go on into the rest of us. Like, mm. he went straight to the source. He did what came naturally to the mind and he attacked it. Exactly. Simple as that. And he went to the affluent areas of London, you know what I mean? The only time I I did that was when I was in primary school playing knockdown gym. (laughs) (laughs) You know them ones? (laughs) 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 Gone, gone, knockdown ginger. That's the only time. But listen, we are joined by the one and only Reggie Nelson. Come on, (laughs) name drop. Listen, Reggie, thanks for coming, man. Uh, thanks for pleasure. coming. My pleasure, my pleasure. It means a lot. It means a lot yeah, to us, man. How's how you doing, man? How you been? I'm good. I'm good. Um, it's been a busy week. But mm. no, all is well. Yeah. All is well. No, thanks for having me, man. Honestly. No, it's pleasure. Listen, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I, sh- I shot it into the sky and I thought, you know what? Probably won't get Reggie. Mm. Probably won't get Reggie. <laughs> you know yeah. you got to be honest with yourself. You, 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 you've done a TED Talk. So yeah, that's yeah, an yeah. aspiration of my own to be yeah, fair to yeah, yeah. one of them. Um, you've met the Prime Minister. Yeah. Uh, you've been on TV how yeah, so yeah, many yeah. times do you know what I mean yeah. so <laughs> do, you, do you feel famous nah no, no you know seriously um, if you get stopped on the street and stuff yeah. like yesterday I was on my way home and then someone randomly said oh wait are you this guy yeah he literally went on YouTube and said are you this guy I was like yeah and he goes oh right so in those moments you're like yeah. like random people you don't yeah, know yeah. know you kind of thing mm. and those are the ones that have like courage to speak to you so yeah. there must be a few that mm. don't yeah. do you know what I mean yeah. so but on a normal day nah I just I just feel like a normal honestly mm. feel like a normal guy so wow. honestly, yeah yeah so, that is, that's, that's nuts. That's, that's crazy. It is still. Still. <laughs> still. Why don't we tell our audience how you know you came to this point? How you know? Yeah. When did it start? When did yeah. it start? All right, cool. Talk so, us through your journey. All right. So I'll I'll give like a quick overview. Mm-hmm. So um, it all started. Uh, so I grew up with two alcoholic parents. Mm-hmm. So my mum and dad were like both sort of struggled with alcohol when I was growing mm-hmm. up, mm-hmm. and um, that meant that you know I was outside a lot of times. So I didn't really like going home. Mm-hmm. So when I was outside, I didn't really have a curfew. So I was playing with people my age. And then mm. after that, I'd go play with the older guys. And then mm. I'll go home after that. So mm. because I was outside all the time, I started to discover that I had the talent, which was football. Mm-hmm. So I started playing football a lot in the area and stuff like that. And you know, you play for your local Sunday league teams yeah, yeah, and blah, yeah. blah. And then, you know, I got scouted and I started playing football at quite a high level. Wow. And then football was like the thing where I was going to use to get my family out of that lifestyle because mm-hmm. we grew up on a council estate like had no money little things like if you want a trainer you have to save up for them mm-hmm. and these are trivial things now but at the time when your friends have got the new trainers those are the things that you That's sort of compare it, it to yeah. it's all trivial yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. you know at that point it was like rah like, you know, I can't, my creps have a hole in them and you yeah. just have to sort of ride it out until mum can afford to buy yeah. a new pair of trainers yeah. so I just knew that you know if I did have kids or whatever like they wouldn't have to go through that and football's going to be the avenue to get out of that mm-hmm. so you know, growing up, obviously in an estate, you know, you get involved in a few things, a few mm. people, and I wasn't the most you know, behaved person in school. Like, mm. I was excluded from school and, wow. and all the rest of it and stuff like that. But then um, I was 16 and I was living in London, traveling, 
to a place near Southampton, <coughs> like Woking area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was because I was playing football and then I was studying inside as well. Mm. So I was doing that every day for like two years. Mm. But then halfway through that, at 17, I didn't want to play football anymore because I just sort of weighed up the pros and cons and at that time as well, my dad passed away because of the alcohol. Mm. So he left us and then came back and then sort of like a year into living with us again, he passed away. Mm. So then I was like, you know, if if football doesn't work, then the whole plan is, is, is ruined. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And I almost saw myself as like the first generation wealth builder, like through yeah, me, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, when yeah, the yeah, sort yeah. of wealth will, will yeah. continue from yeah, there. Yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean? So, no, I, I put you know things into perspective and I said, you know what, I'm going to sort of put a hold on football and like try and you know make something that is a bit more long-term. Mm. But then I was stuck because education wasn't something I, you know, I did. Mm. I wasn't smart. Well, I saw myself as not smart. Um, I didn't really focus much in school. Mm. So then, you know, where do I go from here? Mm-hmm. And at this point, you know, I sort of started to turn my life around a bit. Mm. Um, started to sort of let go of the friends that I had. I was going to church at this time as well, which really helped me like keep positive and that. Mm. And then I thought to myself, you know, if I want to become wealthy, if I want to become rich, then you know, I need to find out what the wealthy did to amass their wealth. Mm. And I... At the time, I was like, there must be a correlating <coughs> factor. There's something that these people have done or have, which I need to find out and implement for myself. Mm. And I just had to go and find it. So I researched in Google, you know, richest areas in London. Mm. And you know, a whole list of places came up. Halston was top of the list. <laughs> <laughs> How did you know? Man <laughs> came, knocked on my door. <laughs> he was one of the people that didn't open the door. <laughs> <laughs> No, so um, now a list of places came up, and then I I made a list down. I noted down five of the areas, mm. and the initial plan was to go to all five, and see you know like my own sort of market research. What these people did to a master wealth. What careers did they pursue? What mm. business ideas did they have? What mm. books did they read? Mm. What is their network like? It was mm. just my own sort of primary research that I was trying to do. So mm. I went to the first area, which is um, Kensington and Chelsea. And you know, as soon as I came out of the station, it was Gloucester Road Station. As soon as I came out, I saw like a Range Rover and I saw Aston Martin, and I was like, "This it's is different." Place. I mean, it's, like, it's different. It's different. It's like a different world. It's, it's a different world. world. I remember I was, I was hungry, and you know, them areas like there's no chicken and chip shops. You know what I mean? So mm. I saw Starbucks. And yeah, I, Starbucks and Pret. I'll never forget this. I went to Starbucks. Yeah. Lord, I walked in and walked straight back out. <laughs> Sandwich was like five something. Milled was three pounds. <laughs> there was no Tesco nearby. I was stuck. I said, you know, let me just ride it out. So yeah. r- rode that wave, and then I started asking people in the streets. You know, first like, what did you do to a national wealth? Do you live in this area? Blah blah blah. People weren't stopping to speak to me at first, no. So then, um, after that, I went into the hotels in the area, mm-hmm. um, and I started asking the concierges, you know, what type of people stay here. Mm-hmm. And I remember he said, like, athletes and some of them are corporates, mm. so like your bankers and stuff like that. So that was the first thing I knew, okay, if I did want to pursue you know, wealth, then maybe a career in banking might be the first thing. But again, I sort of put that to the side because, with all due respect, the concierge wasn't my market, right? Yeah, 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 he was just yeah, working there. Yeah, yeah. So because I wasn't really getting a lot, knock, um, asking people, I started to knock on people's doors. Mm. So I was knocking on people's doors. I'm not gonna lie, that's nerve wracking there. Yeah. Mate, I'd have been dizzy. Dizzy with anxiety. I have to be very honest. <laughs> when, especially when you're in those areas where we're talking about, you walk out the station, it's like you've, you've been transported somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See what I mean? Yeah. You're now knocking on someone's door yeah. in these areas. Mm-hmm. 
like houses that you wouldn't even see yeah, 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 you know yeah, from yeah. the areas you're from innit yeah, it's, um, it's a different kettle of fish and being a black person coming from a, the type of area mm, yeah. I'm assuming we've all come from the same sort of area yeah, right? yeah. you're gonna they, you know that you just know in the back of your head they're gonna look at the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. what do you want nah sorry I don't want nothing from you yeah, no, yeah, no, I just yeah, wanna yeah, ask a question yeah. nah 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 it's cool yeah. do you see what I mean yeah, it's yeah. nerve wracking that's what it was like actually so I didn't really get much luck at first because mm. I was the thing is with, with the areas in Chelsea a lot of the houses they're not like houses with gates mm. and a long drive to the house mm. I, I can't even describe it there's a name for it but for the life of me I can't remember but it's like a storied house yeah well, like the townhouses right? yeah, yeah yeah yeah, exactly like yeah. that and some of them it's like a house within a house you have to press the buzzer oh. go in oh. and then it's like a hole yeah, 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 yeah. so the first challenge at first was getting through that first door so <laughs> yeah. you're buzzing first like buzzing on different um, people's doors and the, someone will speak for the intercom and I'll say oh I just want to like find out how you got rich like what did you do mm-hmm. to live in this era and that reaction is what I got like oh go away like who do you think you are because kind of it, it's it is quite <clears throat> it's demoralising yeah, isn't it yeah and, well de- demoralising wasn't a word and the reason why it wasn't was at this point someone already gave me £40 oh fair play yeah so yeah okay. hey! so what happened was <laughs> what I saw for good day's work I'm just talking about the door for you cleaning that is it it's cleaning no so did you go back in Starbucks after that oh the spit one in the Starbucks wasn't seen yeah two of them two of them nah Joe it was I I saw a guy in Aston Martin Um, it was a new I'm I'm a bit of a car guy okay so it was a new car guy as well he loves it yeah man I don't know what it is but yeah um so I, I realised it was the new new shape, a new plate, Aston Martin. And um, I went up to him and I said, oh, how did you afford your car? Like, what did you do and stuff? Mm. And he gave me generic advice. I remember he was an Algerian guy, owned a tech company. Wow. And just said, like, you know, study hard. If you can get experience abroad, then do that. And just, you know, his, his secret was, like, hard work. Well, I was like, fair play to you. And I just left. And then he pulled up beside me and said, look, you seem like a really, really, like, genuine guy. Pulled out a wad of cash and gave me 40 pounds. So, wow. You probably said this is the loose change. So in terms of being demoralized, no, because mm. and I got that quite early on. <clears throat> yeah. So anything was a bonus to me. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I wasn't really demoralized. But when I was looking at people's door, like buzzing on people's doors at first again people just said like go away one guy I remember I, this is when I was knocking on doors now one guy just said like go away I'll call the police like you're not here for that blah 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 wow. and you even explained what you were there for right yeah but then again it goes back to your point you being like that whole stereotype yeah. young yes, black yeah, yeah, I wasn't yeah. dressed in a suit and tie I yeah, was wearing like yeah. a hood similar to this a hoodie wow. black trousers yeah. jeans yeah. And, whatever, and trainers whatever yeah, yeah. so again I always say I don't I don't blame them for yeah, that yeah, you know, no, so it's so that guy said, oh, yeah, you know, call the police, blah, blah, I said, yeah, I'm out, let me go. So yeah. then um, I remember I went down another street and I was, again, knocking on doors and then it was a second on that street. Um, so these houses, when you press it in, there's like a camera mm-hmm. and they can, well, this house specifically, they can see you before they open the door. Yeah. So this lady obviously seen me and said, oh, how can I help you? And I gave her the, the, the pitch, you know, I'm mm-hmm. here, finding out what you did, blah, blah, blah. And she opens the door and she, she invites me into the house. Okay. So, she first she asked me this is part of a school project. So I said, no, I'm I'm by myself. I'm doing that for my own back. So she opens the door, invites me in. Mm. I'm I'm walking into the house, looking around, and I'm like, okay. Is uh, that the first time you've entered the house? Yeah, like first time. First like time. anyone's inviting me into the house oh, in that yeah, area. Yeah. So I'm in the house now, and then she's like, 
you know, explain to me what you're trying to do. Mm. So as I was explaining, her husband walks in, and um, he was like, oh, uh, hi, how are you, blah, blah, blah. And he went on to explain that he was the CIO of BlackRock, which is the largest asset management company mm. in the world. Mm. At the time, they had um, 4.3 trillion dollars in assets under management. He was what's yet? Really <laughs> so, <laughs> you're not from the right door. No, 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 I'm, I'm telling you, you. Oh, I'm happy that the woman opened the door. Yeah, no, nah, honestly, like these. But of all the houses, I'm glad that one opened. Yeah, it's because like they, I, like they, they're like my family now. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. the guy's name is Quentin. And he's like my my dad now. Like mm. I was with him. We just gone. And mm. um, we did an event together. Like we talk almost every single day. Wow. Oh, wow. Um, but I'll get onto that relationship afterwards anyway. Yeah. But um. When we were talking, you know, he I spoke to him for like an hour, that whole family in the house for an hour, explaining to them my journey through like my council estate, mm-hmm. uh, my my family. Um, at this point, my mum no longer drinks and stuff, so mm-hmm. like you know, the family's all right now. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? But I explained to him like the death of my dad and you know how I don't want to play football anymore. I don't see myself as the most studious person. Just explaining everything to him, and he said, "You know what? You know, have you ever thought about like technology or business or anything like that?" And I said, "You know what?" yeah I have but obviously I don't know where to start I don't yeah, know yeah, anything yeah, about yeah, that yeah. stuff and then he invited me to an insight day at, at the company so it was an undergraduate insight day mm-hmm. and I was still in college at the time so um, he took my down my email address was on a Saturday on a Monday he emailed me invited me to the company like two weeks later and I spent the day there and I enjoyed it then I managed to get a week long work experience um, like that summer yeah. I did that and then from there it was just like he, I had a meeting with him, my mum as well, and he encouraged me to go to university. You know what? Yeah, sorry, sorry. I'm, yeah, go for it. This is this is this is something that a lot of people wish for. You know, a lot of the time, even in your own family, you can know someone that's doing big things, but that but you won't get the necessary assistance you need, mm-hmm. or you can even reach out to people. Mm. You know, to to ask them for that sort of mentorship and yeah, for yeah. someone to just to. Not directly asking, but you want someone to essentially just be like, yo, like, and this is yeah. what, just from knocking on that door, this person has, like, he's giving you time. Joy, he's like, a CIO. I bring, I bring it down to, because I, I, I did a TED Talk one, um, this year, and it was, it was called The Power of Mentoring. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I decided to do that was because, especially where I'm from, like, the reason, I, I always bring it down to the reason why a lot of these people, a lot of the young black mm-hmm. people who have a lot of potential, net like, don't fulfill their potential is because they need that sort of male role model inside of their lives and because they need that they look for it anywhere Mm. and the only people they see are the oldest on the block and those are their role models I mean because a lot of them for for whatever reason grow up with single parents like it's always their mum or their big sister looking after them or their auntie or their grandma because their mum's somewhere else and you know it, when 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 I met Quinton, he provided me with like that visibility and the guidance. Do you know what I mean? And that's that's all I needed because I had untapped potential. I didn't even believe in myself that much, but someone else did. So when I went to you know, finish the work experience, I had a meeting. He encouraged me to go to university. Again, I thought university was never it was never part of my plans. Never mm. didn't want to do it at all. But then, you know, this is what I knocked on the doors for. Right, I wanted to know what the secret yeah, was. Yeah. So mm. He didn't tell me to go, but he said if I wanted to work for, you know, in that industry then university does make you more competitive. It's not yeah. the only way to get in, but mm. it's he would. that's what he would yeah. recommend. So I said, fair play, let me do it. So then 
I went to uni, asked him, what do I study? And then he says something finance related. So I went, I studied economics and then I learnt Mandarin on the side of my degree. And then serious, yeah, from a man that the university wasn't even on the cards, you went and did Mandarin, yeah. Why, why Mandarin? That's what I was gonna say because when I was reading the article about you, when I saw like Mandarin, where did that come from? The reason why I studied Mandarin is because I didn't, because I never, I was never the most studious person, yeah. I thought, what can I do that's gonna make me sound so smart and smarter than I actually am, yeah. And my university at the time allowed you to do your degree and also have a language on the side of your degree oh wow and it was a list of languages and I said like again not sort of disrespecting any language or anything like that but Spanish you know French quite common right yeah. Yeah. what can I do that yeah. when an employee looks at my CV they go oh wow mm. and I was like Mandarin so I said why not and Mandarin is like one of the most difficult languages to learn it is which is why I wanted to do it this is what I'm yeah, saying yeah, yeah. you know that's similar to yeah. that like, when yeah. I went to so my first uni I did uh, international business in Spanish yeah, yeah. I was going to pick Mandarin yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I know myself I know myself I looked at that I think I even spoke to him I said hey Carl yeah. you know what yeah it's a long Spanish yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you I'm sorry yeah. Just, oh. yeah, no, so, I mean, I, I did that, and then, um, so, so at first, university was so steep, it was so, like, again, because I never really studied like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. so I, come, I came in, and three months into uni, we had an exam, and I, was, I got I got 25%, which like a fell, mm-hmm. and you fell, flunked it, and I remember vividly, I was going to say, like, yeah, uni's not for yeah, me, yeah, yeah. I'm out, I'm gone, and it goes back to your point of having that sort of, someone to guide you because I didn't tell Quentin what I got I just said like oh, I'm not gonna lie to you university is quite challenging um, <laughs> like what have you got me into do you know what I mean and you know I just started thinking about so many different things but I think knowing what was on the end of university yeah. Yeah. Um, I just kept that in my mind knowing that if I did complete university and do everything I'm not saying I had a job guaranteed but mm. that's what I could have like mm. that sort of life because I before I went to university, there was a guy that worked for the company um, who gave me the lowdown on how everything works. He mm. told me how much I could earn um, if, when I worked in the industry, how mm. bonuses worked. Mm. And when he was explaining to me everything, I was, how much I could earn, but that was more than my household combined. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, and yeah. If, if, if that was like, rah, you start to think to yourself, okay. Especially from the background you're from as well. You know what I mean? It it changed everything. Mm. Like that, that, having that in my head, when he, and it wasn't about money, do you know what I mean? Some of it was about money, so, yeah. but yeah, like, yeah. It yeah, it was just and, creating that opportunity and, and that lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That yeah, was what it was yeah, for, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. when I heard that, I was like, rah, okay. Because I knew how much my mom earned, I knew how much my sister earned, blah, blah, blah. I was like, that's, I, I even think it was more than my household combined, double. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you include bonuses yeah. and, and all the rest, like, the potential was very, very crazy. So I said, oh yeah, I'm, 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 I'm doing this, do you know yeah. what I mean? So when I, when I did fail that first exam, I think I one of the lowest in my economics cohort as well. Mm. I was like, I cool, let me let me write it out. And then I remember just I started to just live in the library, study, study, study. I, I sort of blocked out everything. everything. Mm. And I I I asked my friend for um there's a closer uni near my house, I asked him for his card and I'll go there, twenty four hour library, mm. study, 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 read the textbook, like make notes and mm. really indulge myself in this mm. degree. And then next exam after that, I think it was like two or three months after. I scored um, 82%. Right. Big, yeah. big, 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 big. And then, there, exam after that, I scored 84%. I, I know how those high marks make you feel. <laughs> <laughs> I've had them, I've had them. I know yeah. how, how did you feel? How did I that thought, make you feel when I, you saw those marks? Sure is. When I got an 82, mm. 
I was like, yeah. That's no, yeah. yeah. I walked out. Yeah, I can actually do. That's yeah. the thing. Like, yeah, that is it. I yeah. can do this. And then, to be with you, that was almost like the domino effect into all my yeah. other ones because, yeah. um, and like my other modules, I, I scored like. See, I, I never really dropped below like a first or two one in my yeah. assignments. Yeah. 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 I was getting first classes, first classes, the odd two one here and there, yeah. and first yeah. classes. And I was like, yo, I can actually pattern this university yeah. thing yeah. after yeah. first year. I was like, cool. And I even got, um, so in my uni, if you got um, over a certain percentage in the first year, they give you like a bursary. Oh, so wow. I even got money for getting, I think I got like a bag for getting good grades. So, and that. Wow. I was like, rah, like there's an incentive to get good grades. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. second year, again, doing like, that's when I was like, I was on track to, to I guess, complete my degree, but like do it properly. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I sort of, got into the swing of education, how it worked, how to study, what worked for me, what didn't work for yeah. me, and stuff like that. And on the side of that, I was doing my internship. So first year, I applied for um, the internship at BlackRock. Mm. Um, and I, I got that. And then sec- no, then I did another internship for a, a hedge fund in the city. So I did two internships in my first year. Wow. And then second year, I did the summer internship. I had two offers from, for second year at two different asset management firms, but I picked BlackRock again. Mm. So I applied for BlackRock again, but in a different division. And I got that. And then that was my third internship. Must have been four, four or five. Can't remember what the other ones were. Anyway, mm-hmm. I did like four or five internships during uni and then graduated in 2017 um, with a 2-1 in economics. Wow. And then um, I missed the first by like, I think it was 1.5%. Jeez. I oh, don't know how it's going. You know what? I want to roll a letter to you. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right. Nah, you don't, you don't, doesn't matter. Look at him now. No, no, no. Yeah. 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 When I got in, I said, no. And you start to think to yourself, ah. Oh. I actually remember, no, I knew where it went wrong. There was one. Ass- there's one assignment, yeah, but I, I disputed it. Mm. Basically, one lecturer said, oh, yeah, this is a good 2-1 first. I was like, calm. One lecturer said, this is like, he gave me 50%. The first time I ever got a 2-2 in my life. Wow. And I went to him, I said, what is this? Like, what, what are you doing? Yeah. And he said, oh, yeah, you didn't use your material from the lecture slides. I said, okay, I didn't use the lecture slides, but I've made valid points. Yeah. So I went to my other lecturer, like, oh yeah, I don't know why he's done that. You should appeal it, blah, blah, blah. So I went back and forth and nothing was happening. So I was like, you know what? Let me just smash this exam. Yeah. Exam, I think I missed it first in that exam by like a 1%. Yeah. So I, I got like a 2-1 overall for that. It should have been a first. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, 2-1 yeah. economics. Um, <laughs> bang, bang. That's, a good, that's a good... No, it's, respect, you know, it's, it's, re, no, it's respectful. So I, I was happy with it at the end of the day. I wasn't like, oh, darn. Of course, like, at the time, you're like, yeah. damn. Yeah. But then... Um, Graduated and then I was you know, went into work for finance. I've been working in finance since 2017, and um, so working in finance, I did the BBC documentary. Um, when I did last year, mm-hmm. so 2018, August 2018. Yeah. That's when it came out. Um, so me and BBC just were talking. They found out about the story and it's like, oh yeah. We How did they find out about the story? So I started. So I was a Bright Network alumni. Okay. Um, Bright Network is like an organisation that helps um, undergraduates get internships and stuff. So I started doing talks. I got invited to like the yearly conference there as like a success story alumni, someone I graduated and mm. went to work in finance. So I did that and then when you're talking to a whole room of undergraduates, people say, Oh, can you come and speak to my uni, mm. come speak to my site, do this, do that. Mm. I just started doing talks and then yeah, like BBC just looked like there was a guy at BBC that said, Oh, I you know, I wanna sort of document mm. this and I said, Yeah, let's let's do it. Um didn't think too much of it at all. And then he emailed me saying, 
are we've got um, editors access so like he's got the green light from two editors to do it so I was like so is this happening but yeah it's happening I was like sick so we started recording in February and it came out in August mm-hmm. as like a five minute documentary um, and it went sort of semi-viral um, wow. so the, the video went around and LinkedIn just blew up like completely mm-hmm. my social media just blew up from, yeah. from the documentary and stuff and then after that Daily Mail got in touch and said, oh, we want to put this in, in um, Daily Mail. Mm. So I did that. And then Southwest News Services, which is like a news company agency thing, got in touch and I signed with them to distribute into the other newspapers. Mm. So it went into, I think a couple weeks later, it went into all the major newspapers, like Metro, Even Standard, Independent, Guardian, Financial News, etc., etc. And then ITV called and said oh Holly Willoughby and Felix Schofield want to do a show on This Morning so I did the This Morning show with Holly Willoughby Felix Schofield that just hit a million views actually name drop come on the way he said one million so uh no that that yeah that recently uh, hit the golden mark yeah Yeah. and um from there Steve Harvey got in touch Um, yeah that one was crazy so then did a Steve Harvey show and then um, Downing Street emailed me um, and said, oh, at the time when Theresa May was Prime Minister, she mm-hmm. said, um, you know, Theresa May seen Reggie's story and she's having an announcement mm-hmm. on, on race at work and tried to boost sort of ethnic minorities mm-hmm. with a higher education in the workplace. Yeah. So they said, oh, can you come to the roundtable discussion and bring one exec from your company? I was like, yeah, sure. Not like that, but like, like yeah, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. In my head, I was thinking, this is crazy. So, um, so down until down the street called my firm and said, does Reggie Nelson work here? Mm. And they were like, yeah. And then they sent the email to them and then they forwarded it to me. Mm. So um, a couple weeks later, I went to a place near Westminster. I wasn't in Downing Street, but I was near Westminster. And there was a round table discussion with 12 representatives from different firms mm. and Theresa May in the middle. And um, she did the announcement and stuff. And then after that, um, her social media so before that her social media person just said oh can you do an interview with Theresa May I was like yeah no problem so after that me and her doing an interview on um, the event what she found from the event what I found from the event and stuff like that um, so we did the interview and yeah we've been in touch since do you know what I mean like, yeah 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 so we've been in touch since uh, normal normal <laughs> no, you know what I mean? no so like yeah. hey bro this is <laughs> this, this story is <laughs> no um <laughs> so um yeah, like we, so after that, I sort of wrote a letter just saying, oh, thank you for you know, the announcement at the time. And I, I started doing work with the cabinet office after that. So I did more announcements with them, traveling to um, like university, speaking to deans of university, seeing how we can enhance education. Mm. Um, I was in some of the newsletters and stuff and just continued doing work with the cabinet yeah. um, on that arm. And then kept in touch with Theresa May and then she gave me like a PA's email address and we talked to her PA and we meet for like catch ups and that. So I was with her. Two weeks ago now, just wow. um, in Westminster. So I went to office just to catch up and just see how things are going, blah, blah, blah. And we have like those sort of catch ups there. And then from the Prime Minister. Sorry, just quite very quickly, how's Theresa May as a person? Do you know what it is? And I get that question a lot. She's a, actually a, a decent person. Mm. Um, so when I, when I spoke to her at first, mm. um, at the announcement, at mm. the round table, I left there thinking, oh, she's actually quite normal. Yeah. She's very, very mm. chilled. You think the meat she's hard done by, by the media? I saw a newspaper article 
David Day. It was on my dining room table. Um, from it's in the evening, evening standard about um, it was something to do trees May, and I was just thinking this doesn't like the article didn't make any sense. Mm. And I feel like once you meet someone and you know them, mm. you sort of know when the, yeah. the media's trying yeah. to twist something into a story yeah. and when they want a genuine story. Mm. And I'm not saying I know Theresa May like the back of my hand, but from yeah. what I've seen of her, she's a genuine person. She genuinely yeah. cares. Like when yeah. I went to like. When I first thought of start catching up with her, mm. she asked me things like, "Oh, how's work?" and name my workplace. So she knew where wow. she remembered where yeah. I was working. Wow. She remembered what I was mm. doing, what my sort of plans were, mm. and it showed that she had a genuine interest when we were talking. Yeah. I mean, and I've had my sort of like not battles, but my own feuds with the media anyway, yeah, like yeah, yeah. with Daily Mail and stuff. So I've learned that sometimes they can twist things. They can twist it, but they. I I, I was taught this when I did like media training and that like. The journalists and stuff they want a story not their story that's okay so they're going to try and make a story yeah because at the end of the day they have an agenda yeah they yeah. want numbers mm. they want recognition mm. of course as opposed course. to the story you get yeah. some clean-hearted journalists that yeah. want the story mm. and i've met some that want the story but i've also met some that want a story mm. so it's about picking your battles wisely and seeing which ones are going to sort of mm. buy into what you're trying to portray and what your message is yeah. so um, from the Theresa May um, uh, meet, mm. I started to, like, companies started contacting me saying, oh, can you do this, can you do that? And I started to host different things. Mm. So, I, I mean, I'll go to different companies to give talks and stuff, just on, like, the story, and they want to know more about me and stuff. And so a lot of the corporate, cor- corporations in Canary Wharf and the city mm. went to them. And then, you know, organisations that partnered House of Lords got mm. in touch, and I was like, okay... And they wanted me to host an awards dinner at House of Lords. So I hosted an awards dinner there. What's all this happening while you was working as well? Everything's happened while I was working. You know what? At every stage, did you question yourself to, like, say, what's going on here? Yeah. All the time. All the time. You on TV and now you're there. Yeah, like, when even when people reach out to you, and, like, people that people that I looked up to when I was... You know, like a student or when I was playing sports whatever mm. like they, they reach out to you and like mm. oh bro this story's sick like well mm. done and you're like well you have to compose yourself because, yeah, yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean but it's like these are people that I used to look up to yeah, and yeah. people that I now like just message like yeah. yo what's going on you good mm-hmm. or you meet for like lunch and it's these are yeah, people you used to look up to it's, 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 it's crazy man and so I think the, the craziest part was when like people just start sending you stuff or I'll, I'll get flown out to somewhere to give a mm. talk. I've, I, I remember I got I got um, flown out to Portugal for twelve hours. Twelve hours. Yeah. Not even a day. Nah, I went there <laughs> within twelve hours. I was back in London. I just went there to give a talk and came back. Jeez. Crazy. And it's, it's it's stuff like that. And I recently came back from Barcelona because I was giving a talk for um, you know O two the t- telephone company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Telefonica. So, yeah, yeah, Telefonica. Yeah. So <laughs> I flew over to Telefonica Universitas in Barcelona. Mm-hmm to give a talk to their apprentices and graduates because when they finish their um, like their graduate programs and their apprenticeships they go there for a four day training okay. mm-hmm. and they flow, fly over external speakers and stuff mm-hmm. and yeah I flew over there but I held all the external talking engagements wow. okay. so that was in itself an experience and you know, going there everything's paid for and you know, free food free journey Jeez. Um, it's just it's, it's just been a crazy crazy journey so, and this is what it's been like since so like okay so how's that? 
does this happen during work time or do you yeah. kind of does work does, do your work people kind of say listen let you go do that and then mm. just pick up your work when you come back or yeah like, how do you get the time of work no, yeah, yeah. Work, work are really accommodating with a lot that I do um, so with work it's like you get volunteering days and yeah. stuff so I use some of those and some of the talks will be in the evening so I won't even need to take time okay. off or if they're in a city and you know, I, I can take like two hours off my desk yeah. okay, two yeah, hours yeah. off my desk yeah, yeah. like if I'm going Bloomberg, just go to Bloomberg, come back. It's it's in bank, isn't it? Yeah, I mean they're they're very they're very accommodating with that stuff. So yeah. I can I can take time off my desk and come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if it's like far or I need like, if I need to do a talk in Manchester or something, then I'll probably take some annual leave and yeah. do it like that. Um, but there's different sort of ways around it. Um, okay. But they're very accommodating. Like yeah. they encourage me to do certain things. It's not like I hide it from them. Yeah. If I did, then I wouldn't be comfortable because the external things that I do. You know, I really pride myself in that, mm. and I enjoy the work that I do as well. Mm, so, yeah. you know, like my like my managing directors, they'll come to me and say, "Oh yeah, I saw you on LinkedIn. You did this. How was yeah. that?" And they generally are engaged, engaged. in what I'm doing, and they care with what I'm doing. So, listen, that's let's helpful. Say, I, I want to take it back. Yeah, go, go, go. I think I think your come up is is very important. I think it's an inspirational story. You say you're from a council flat estate. Yeah. Um, you are trying to make it out as a football, and for me, I think it's very refreshing that. You didn't go down that route because I think for us black male, we always see our role models to be either a footballer or an MC. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And for you to be in a corporate setting, yeah, it kind of changes the whole narrative. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it was it's, it's very good come up. Like you, you spoke about male role models. Mm. Like what, what did you get that? Did you feel like when I was growing up? Yeah, no, and I think that's why I struggled to navigate it. Mm. So I had I had good people around me, like. You had the olders on the block that yeah. were, some of them were just doing their thing, yeah. but then some of them were, they looked after you. Mm. And I think sometimes that's that's, I wouldn't say that's the issue, but that's the, that's the twist in the story. Like you got people that you look up to that are not doing positive things, but they look after you. Mm. And they tell you to go school. They tell you to go to school. They like, told you to do this. Like, Listen, make sure you get that job, man. That's exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. The, that's yeah. it. But then, because you don't have visibility to that. It's almost like okay, this guy's telling me to do it, cool. But he's mm. earning like a grand a week yeah. mm. doing this, so yeah. I'm gonna follow suit in that. Yeah. And that's where the sort of I think that's where the narrative changes, right? Mm. And to your point of our role models are either footballers or MCs. Mm. You know, I think that's because of that visibility, right? When you're mm. growing up, you only have visibility to I bring it down to three things. If it's mm. not football, it's music. Mm-hmm. If it's not music, then unfortunately it's crime, mm-hmm. right? And exactly. when you exploit crime, it's like okay. Some people say oh, crime isn't for me, but then where yeah. do you go from there? Exactly. Because I didn't have visibility to corporate sector. Exactly. I didn't know what banking was. Mm. I lived twenty five minutes away from the city. And I never stepped foot in the city. I never stepped foot in the city, wow. and I lived twenty five minutes from there until the time mm. that I went to knock on doors yeah. and I met Quentin. Yeah. I had never stepped foot. But that's the, in the, same the, the city. It, as it's, a teacher it's, as well, like a lot of the it's students. Facts. It is facts, and sometimes it's like. When I when I when I give a talk at a co- like corporation, I give I call it the chicken shop story. Mm. The chicken shop story is this: when you imagine a young guy, he, a young guy from a council estate, and he's you know for whatever reason, be it domestic issues, internal issues, or wh- whatever it might be, mm. you know his family live in that council estate, right? He's from a single parent household. His mom gives him ten pound a week to go to school. Yeah, lunch is fifteen pound a week mm. now, so he can't even buy lunch every single day in school. So what does he do? He holds on to his money and he goes to a chicken and chip shop. Why? Because chicken and chips is £2 mm. and you can buy chicken and chips every single day. Okay. The olders chill at the chicken and chip shop. Mm. They go to the chicken and chip shop. He, they see him in shoes that are a bit bad and they go mm. like, they cast him. Oh, little man, why are you going for your shoes? Mm. Like, everything good. Mm. 
and he thinks rah I need to get new shoes the look the orders on at the chicken chip shop say oh you know come and push this for me you get yeah. 50 pound yeah, yeah, he does yeah. it he got 50 pound in his hand never seen 50 pound before <laughs> and he keeps doing it he keeps mm-hmm. doing it now he's only 200 pound a week mm-hmm. 200 pound a week for doing like four or five hours worth of work mm-hmm. he thinks why do i need to go to school and he gets involved in that and it's like mm-hmm. almost like an endless spiral and then when he say he does get caught probably gets a warning mm-hmm. yeah gets caught again probably goes to prison for like two three months comes out got a criminal record he wants to stop but he can't because now he's got a criminal record and can't get a proper job now he can't get a proper job mm-hmm. oh it's going to be a lot harder, harder. For him to get yeah, a proper job and that is the cycle that yeah. is almost like an echo chamber it's like mm. you're stuck it's in that yeah. and I think where we, I say we because I feel like it's incumbent upon not just us but everyone Every so day. many people from different dynamics all areas, man. In, in these places to just provide them with that visibility mm. like you're a teacher right mm. and I, my friend just became a teacher and I had to sit down with him and I said bro mm. your role is so powerful because a lot of these people don't have mm fathers in their homes and you you can almost be like that father for them Mm. and through you you can give them the visibility to whatever sector or whatever Mm. thing that they want to do so yeah i think down to your point it's just allowing them to see what is available to them Mm. from an early age as opposed to them trying to navigate it getting it wrong Mm. and sometimes they get it wrong when it's very very late Mm. yeah and another thing i mean you spoke about your father being an alcoholic like how how like how did you overcome that adversity did where did you find it very difficult at that time and then was it the reason why you said i've got to change yeah so or it was you stuck in a cycle nah see i wasn't really in the cycle like that to be fair so when mm. so my dad left us when i was about say 10 mm. and he came back when i was about 14 15 mm. so for a period of my life it was just me my mom, my sister my mum mm. was she'd been off alcohol for like 12 years now yeah so she's she's been fine so her looking after me and my sister was fine mm. um i didn't really talk to my dad like that during mm. that period um so when he came back i mean at this point i started to sort of take my face seriously mm. and i i wanted to build that bridge again i wanted to sort of build that relationship again yeah. so it's, as opposed to me being upset that he left us yeah, and why did yeah, he do yeah. this and why did he do that i i wanted to sort of build that communion again mm. so I would hold conversation with him. I'll help him. I'll try and talk to him and stuff like that. And we had a, we had a good relationship. I thought that relationship was building. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was it was hard at first. Um, I think that's why I was outside a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Cause I just didn't want to go home. There was a lot mm-hmm. of arguments at home, mm-hmm. fights at home. And you know, when you see domestic abuse at home, it it kind of touches you differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like I, I navigated it okay. Sort of in the later stages, but at first it was very very hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the way I dealt with that was just being outside. And playing football, mm. um, so yeah, that's probably a, a lot of a lot of, a lot of these kids don't want to go home because there's stuff at home. The, yeah, yeah, there's it's, stuff going on at home. It's, it's man, you how, keep yourself out of the situation. Yeah. yeah, how important is a male figure in in these communities? Then how how important is it? This I, I think it's the biggest game changer. Really, biggest game changer. And to be honest with you, I don't know why. So, would, would you say it has to be a male role model? Just that, just out of curiosity, can it not just be a role model? No, but I mean, I mean, generally, when you look for role models, you look, you look for someone that you aspire to be like. As a yeah, guy, no, no, I understand, look, I understand. As a guy, let's say, let's say, I think you're saying from a family unit. Yeah. Yeah. No, Joyce, I feel like to, to to that point, and if someone was to ask me why do we look for male role models, I don't know. I don't know why young people look for a male role model, but they do, mm. and. I was one of them, so I I, I can stand I, I can sit here and say I was looking for that more role model. And I found it in various places like 
the olders, I found it in football people, I found it in my coaches. So again, I was very fortunate in the sense that although I didn't have that foundation, I had people around me that I mm. could look to, whether they were sort of doing negative things, yeah. they didn't allow me to go down that route mm. or yeah. I had like the football people. Mm. Again, football was my outlet in this mm. in this instance. But I feel like male role model is, is a crucial thing and mm. it just almost helps you to put things into perspective and put things into line. It's mm. almost like when you have a family, right? If your mum shouts at you, it's like, oh, okay, cool. Mm. When your dad shouts at you, your, your back is straight. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And you, you almost take that in a bit more. Mm. And I, again, I don't know why we were sort of searching for that. And I don't know why I was searching for that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that is a key driver in all of this. Yeah. Like, we mm-hmm. need I mean, that sort of male guidance. I, I, no, I totally understand that. Yeah. Um, I mean, personally, when my, my, my dad wasn't around like that, mm-hmm. personally. And I'm sure you like you know mm-hmm. that, but when my mom shouted at me, yeah, yo, my back was straight. Yeah, you get yeah, me? Yeah. She she's coming with the, hey, I'm gonna, I'm about to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. yeah. Um, but I mean, like, just people looking for role models in general, as opposed to just male role models, is I guess what I was coming to. Um, getting at, should I say? Mm. Like, I feel like you can easily have a, for example, uh, Quinton's wife. Yeah. She could have been your role model. Mm. Um. If he had not come in, she could have been. Oh yeah, yeah I'm the, I'm the, I don't know, CEO yeah, of this. Yeah, yeah. How can I help? And she could have done the job that Quinton, Quinton has been doing, mm-hmm. and you still wouldn't necessarily had a role model, right? It's true. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the same. Yeah, no, it's true. I, I do get what you're coming yeah. from, and it is true, right? Not every role model would need to be mm-hmm. like for a guy would need to be a, um, a male mm-hmm. and vice versa, um, but but I think I think I don't know as a, as a black man, you're always in search of that male figure. Especially yeah. when it's coming from someone so close as your father, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Mm. Like, if your father spoke to you, sat you down, and spoke to you, you'd be like, "Wow, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. I see where it's coming from." And it touches the, you different. The thing is, when I and the reason why I I sort of emph, emph, I put emphasis on the whole male role model part is mm-hmm. when I've been in certain environments, right, be it corporate environment or when I've been in environments where it is almost very hyper competitive to get in there, whatever it might be these guys that you're working with there's always a mention of my dad or mm. my pops or mm. this Absolutely. i yeah. honestly speaking those people that i worked with be on an internship and stuff i cannot remember anyone that didn't have like a dad like if i spoke to them and they spoke about family they had a dad mm. or their dad is the one that you know, was working in banking and gave them visibility to that sector or their dad is the one that taught them how to ski or their dad is the one that did this Every si- I did not meet one person, and not not one that did not have a dad. If we spoke about family, right. So how do we go about fixing this problem then within the community? So I always say we like there's, and I always say like it's incumbent upon all of us mm. to, like we've you know made it out in some way, shape, or form, mm. right? And we need to sort of give back to them and it's very cliche what I'm saying but yeah, it's the yeah. honest truth right yeah. if you go to, that's why I always try to go to schools mm. go to schools and just say look you know, I, if I if my underlying message is if I can do it then you can do it and mm. I'm not better than you I'm not special I'm not this I'm not that but if I can do it you can do it this is how I did it mm. right it might not work for you in the same way it worked for me but mm. you can take this as the foundation mm. or as the inspiration mm. to do what you want to do yeah. to go and you know, be a creative or mm. to be a lawyer or a banker whatever it might yeah. be yeah. and Early intervention is very, very key. Of and if if we can sort of provide that visibility to those in um, socially disadvantaged schools or mm. those that re- need that, I feel like that's what's going to make the difference. And mm. we don't need to wait for anyone to do that. Right? Mm. We can 
go to the estate. I'm not saying we're going to go to the estate and pull the youngers and say, hey, do this, do this, do this. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. But working with schools or, or, or you know, I always encourage people to be um, school governors because mm. that's when you have a voice. Because mm. a lot of school governors, I mean, they're doing excellent jobs, but we are the ones from our community that understand yeah, the problem and the issues yeah. that they're going through. Yeah, so yeah. If we speak, they'll listen because we've been through that. Yeah, right? absolutely, yeah. So I, I always start with schools and mm. I'm not going to say, you know, I have all the answers and mm. this is what I should do and I'm going to guru yeah, yeah, at this yeah. thing. But the way that I've seen the biggest effect and the biggest impact and the way that I've seen a lot of people sort of drive the, the different initiatives that they have mm. is when I've gone to schools and they said, yeah, you know what, let me pattern up. Yeah. Or you know what, mm. I don't need to do this. Or you know what, if Rachel yeah. can do it, then I can do it. Mm. Yeah. So like, you kind of kind of become like a role model for all these kids already sort of thing. I mean, I, I, I don't really like to put a label on it, but... You, uh, you, I'm, I'm a label it. <laughs> You're a role model for yeah, No, but it's true. Because even me, I'm older than you are and I'm inspired by you. Do you know yeah, sure. I'll be wrong. I said, I said to Eli, I even said to my missus actually, I said, you know what, I remember the first time I saw it and it was on when you were, it was when you were speaking to Holly Willoughby and Fitzgerald. Yeah, yeah. That's when I was like, I, I don't really, I don't really tune into the news like mm-hmm. that. But I saw it, I was like, oh, what's this? Let me listen to this one. Let me, let me, let me see what this <laughs> I wonder what this guy has done. What's he done? Was it good or bad? Not even, not even, not even, was it bad? Yeah, it's yeah, just, it. what's he done? Yeah, what's yeah. he you done? Know? <laughs> To get on here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 so so there's three, so three white guys and one black guy. What's he done? <laughs> <laughs> What's he done? Uh, this is like <laughs> no, no, again, I want to emphasize, it's not, a ne- it's not in a negative yeah, way. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then I heard your story, mm. and everything you were saying were, was to do with what everyone on this chair here has thought of doing. Mm. Seeing someone successful, how did you do that? What did you do? Yeah. And that touched me. I was just like, you know what? This is someone that's gone out of his own way mm. and said, you know what, I'm going to go and chase this success. I'm, I'm going to find out how these lot did it. I'm going to, I'm going to implement mm. that. Mm. And you were fortunate in obviously finding Quinton and yeah, his, yeah. his wife. Mm. Um, but it's just everything about the whole story. man. This, and, and that's the thing. I mean, touching on what Kevin's saying, when you made that decision to actually go out and knock on people's doors, how did your friends take it? Coming from... Exactly. Sort of <laughs> this, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, to be fair, I remember me and my friend we discussed a, a similar idea when we were younger, mm. younger, very young, very young. And um, it was, we started as a stupid conversation and we just mm. left it. Um, it wasn't the same idea, but very, very similar. And then when I went to actually do the idea, I didn't tell anyone. Mm. Um, I didn't well, tell anyone because- well, Why is that? Yeah, why is that? You didn't bring me the boys in? Listen. No. Listen. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> you know what, yeah? Let's go halves. You take 24, I'll take 20. <laughs> You did the first six times. 20 to 40. You did the odd numbers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't tell anyone because I didn't want anyone to sort of bring my idea down. Yeah, yeah, um, Yes! <laughs> Do you know why? Because look, Cause people are talking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. yeah. You may have friends, and yes, they may be your lifelong friends, they yeah, may be yeah. your people. You will come to them with an idea, you know, I want to do this. Yeah. You get laughed out of the park. Yeah, yeah. Especially in the group chat. Yeah. You know that one. What are the rich seats doing? What are the rich one else? Do your thing though. But that's no, the yeah. thing. It's not, it's not that they, 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 they make they, they don't think it's attainable. And that's it's the thing. Yeah. yeah. It's and it's not, it's, yeah. And it's a great idea, mm. but also a great threat to them. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And that's yeah. well, that's what it is, I think. Yeah. Well, I think you, you know. So, yeah, sorry. How, how did your your yeah, friends? Yeah. No, you so didn't I didn't tell anyone. Yeah. Just, yeah, precisely that point. I didn't want anyone, number one, to talk me out of it. Yeah. Or, number two, to laugh mm-hmm. at me. Mm-hmm. Um, because if they did, I'm telling you now, I wouldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I knew I wouldn't have done it. Wow. But I knew that... But who's laughing now? <laughs> 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 That's true. You know what it was. Reggie, why don't you 
Step back in the picture, or where you said, "Did you say I'm done with these these men?" No, I mean I'm never. To be fair, I've never been one to say, "Oh, no new friends and all that stuff." Mm-hmm. Nah, no, if if you're good to me, I'm I'm good to you. Yeah. I mean, if 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 you're helpful to me, I'm helpful to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, people that come with quote unquote bad energy, mm-hmm. I, I I I really don't have time for that. Yeah, which yeah, I mean, yeah. so when I when I did knock on doors and I you know, got detention and things started to work well for me. Now, I had people that popped up that I hadn't spoken to before and like, oh, right, Reggie, you're, you're doing bits, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And we kept in touch. Yeah. Um, I've had people that have encouraged me, kept me going. Like, my circle of friends are so, so, so supportive. Mm. I've also had people, I say people, I can only really think of one person that's like, oh, you're not doing anything to bring the man them in, da, 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 da. And to be fair, I, I, I listen to them. I, mm. I mean, I've had, con- I'm not like, oh, Go away, yeah, lock, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I ha- I've had a conversation mm. with this said person back and forth about what I'm trying to do, about what he thinks that I should be doing. Mm. Essentially, you know, they said, "Oh, now that you know my foot's in the door, I should open the door For and others. let everyone in." Mm-hmm. And I said, "That is the plan, but it's not as easy as just opening the door, yeah, right?" It's not. And it's, it's, true. it's not as true. you know, you're not just mm. there and you open the door and everyone comes in. No, <coughs> that's the thing. You, you have created to, the opportunity for yourself. Myself and the plan is to send the elevator yeah, yeah, back down yeah. to yeah. bring people back up, but yeah. it's not as easy as just pressing the button for the elevator to yeah. go down. But the thing is, it's mad though because when you're when you're in, and again I'm going to say when you're in that community, mm. that's what you think can happen. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You think, oh yeah, my guy's there. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. You can, you can get me in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they don't know what you have to. Do you know what I mean? They don't know. Yeah, exactly. They don't know. They don't know. And. I feel like nepotism is such a dangerous thing because mm. anything that comes very easily, it can go very, very easily. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I would say, like, it, through the things that I have been doing, you know, people have gone in to, through the door. Mm. Um, like, I can think of countless amount of people that, you know, I've managed to get internships, that working, I've helped working, to... I, one of my guys, he got a job at KPMG. Wow. Um, he was struggling to get into into the sets, and I was mm. like... Oh, you, bro, you're getting interviews. Like, mm. what's what's going on? And remember, he just said, like, I don't know. We I back into my office. We sat down, and I've, I was with him for about two hours, just going through technique after mm. technique. What can you do to do this? What can yeah. you do to do that? And within, I think it was three and a half weeks, he he landed a job, two roles, one at Barclays, one at KPMG. Now at KPMG, and really you know, I'm I'm not sitting here thinking, oh yeah, I I, I did that. No, but it's just about what I've learned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms yeah. of the soft skills and all the rest of it, I'm now able to pass mm. down, mm. right? And I think that's what I tried to explain to mm. this this said yeah, person. Like, yeah. it's not as easy as just mm. oh, you want a job? Come, come, come yeah, in. Yeah, no, yeah, it's yeah. what what have you got now? What skills do you have now? Let's yeah. help you develop those I skills because now I know what they're exactly. looking for. Yeah. Now I know who you can talk to. Yeah, yeah, now yeah, I know 
know, the things that you can get involved in to yeah. call their attention. Yeah, Absolutely. and it's the if thing, so if, if you've, like, kind of, you know, got your foot in the door, it's not about, you know, getting everyone in. It's, yeah. it's equipping them with the skills so they can get their foot yeah, in the door exactly, as well. Exactly, exactly. Or any door that they want. Exactly, yeah. Because a lot of the time, you think, oh, once I'm in, I'm, I'm calm, I'm in. Yeah, but yeah, you yeah. need to death. <laughs> they don't know about the hard work you have to do this when you're in there. Getting through does one thing. You need to be able to stay in the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, they'll kick and laugh you up. Exactly. Another thing is, I think people need to start creating their own opportunities mm. you know what this I mean is the thing, this is, this this is the thing because you've gone out knocking on doors mm. and I think I, I, I think a lot of people might have been like you know what let me try a thing has anybody said look I've tried knocking on doors yeah I mean I get I got tons of messages from people from Canada South Africa Australia saying oh yeah I'm gonna try this idea i said you know what do what you got to do yeah, right if, yeah, if, if this is what i i did it works for me yeah. do, i'm not going to say it's going to work for yeah, you yeah, yeah. but if it does yeah. then great you you create your own yeah, opportunity yeah. right mm. but yeah tons of people have said they're going to do whether they, they've done it or not i don't know mm-hmm. but you know what sorry guys you know you know what um i want to take it back to the whole education thing yeah go for obviously it. you said you were excluded from school yeah um you know football was your essentially your that was your only ride yeah. until you decided to look at the doors but once you got to university and obviously let's put aside that exam mm. how was it adjusting obviously in fact let's use even use college because i'm sure you have to do your yeah, yeah, yeah. Or however, to get in there how mm. how did it go from taking education really seriously like how did that change you as a person i think from from the time i took education seriously, yeah, yeah, yeah. as a person it just made me more confident mm-hmm. um one thing i struggled with was Believing in myself, um, in a sense that you know, when I when I um, when I went to university, um, we had to do like this exam to see how, so, like, what level of maths we're at because oh, economics right. requires a lot. It's like eighty percent maths, um, so we did that and I scored quite well. I I, I managed to get into like mid set for for maths for my degree. Yeah. Um, so when I when I was doing that and particularly the, the math side of things, blah blah. blah when I started taking things seriously and I started to understand it and I started to get good grades in that, it just made me a lot more confident with myself. I could mm. now go into d- different rooms and know that, right, if I can, you know, defeat degree level mm. maths and economics, then I can not do anything, but I can do a lot more things. Yeah. You know? yeah, it changes your mindset yeah, into exactly. everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the way that you go into situations, yeah, it, it allows you to just change, like, for example, when I when I went into um, my internships and stuff, one thing I really struggled with was just how to navigate it from a from a social perspective. Like these lot play golf, never play golf. These lot play rugby, I've never played rugby. These lot are private school, I'm state school. We have sort of yeah. There's a lot of things that are not the same. Did you feel us. like you were the elephant in the room? Oh, 100 yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of the times, a lot of times, that sometimes held me back. But in terms of the actual work we were doing. Because I knew that, right, I'm actually here because of you know, my intelligence. I'm here yeah. because I'm capable. Yeah, you've earned your place. Earned my place here. And it helped because I said, you know what, when we're doing the work, I, I know what's happening in the room. I know yeah. what the conversation is about. We're talking about the same thing. You went to Cambridge. You know, I didn't, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And it's because I've you know, indulged myself in my degree yeah. to understand yeah. what you guys yeah. are talking about. Yeah. So from a work perspective, it made me a lot more confident to go into that room. But I think where I struggled the most was just like, navigate myself from a social perspective because mm. like some of the conversations that they have like private members club and you're like what is that and <laughs> they're doing this and oh yeah I went ski trip and I'm thinking I've seen, never been I've seen snow like twice yeah. you know what I mean? it's, yeah. it's just a different ball game yeah. um, 
So yeah, to answer your question, it just made me a lot more confident. Like when I started to indulge myself in my education, I just became so much more confident in different rooms yeah, do, that I was do, in. Do, do you feel like you enjoy learning now? Yeah, I mean, I, I like learning things that are practical. Mm-hmm. Um, so part of my work, I'm doing my um, like investment qualifications as well. So I have to study and work. Well, not have to, but I've chosen to study and work. Mm-hmm. And like the first exam was really, really, really boring. Like the first module was just so boring, not really applicable. So I didn't enjoy that. But the second one that I'm doing is a lot more applicable, mm. more on flash market securities or things that I sort of have to do on a day to day. So that you know, I enjoy. You know, yeah. I just finished a um, a leadership program at Oxford, oh. and I enjoyed that because it's practical again. It's around the whole thing to do with politics mm. and policy and um, negotiation, and again, those are the things that I enjoy doing because mm. it's applicable. Right? Mm. So I enjoy learning. I I really really enjoy learning. But it's I like learning things that are applicable as opposed to learning things just so that people can grade how smart I am yeah. at that yeah. one thing. And, and you know what, yeah, it's, it's sort of, because what I was doing there by asking you that is trying to see the contrast from when you were in secondary school. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and mate. You, you're looking at learning like, oh, okay, yeah, I didn't care, I didn't care, I didn't care, I didn't care. I'm going to ask you this as well, because obviously I'm a secondary school teacher. Mm. Do you, did you feel, because you said you got excluded, yeah. you weren't interested, Yeah. did you feel like the system failed you or you failed the system? Uh, that's a good question. Um, it's a good question, actually. I haven't really thought about that. To be fair, because you're talking about social mobility, yeah, and that that there's a lack of that. I feel. I feel like in respect to yeah. So, to be honest with you, I don't think this like the school itself failed me because mm-hmm. they were. You had people in that school, teachers in that school, that really tried to to help. Like mm-hmm. I remember my math teacher sitting all of us down like all the troublesome kids and saying, look, you're going to mess up your future if you carry on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My head of year will always be on our backs. And at the time, we thought she is so annoying. Mm-hmm. Like, if <laughs> we saw her on road, we're going to chin her because mm-hmm. she's annoying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I had to write an email a couple of weeks ago. Wow. I chose to write an email a couple of weeks ago just to say that, thank you. I was, gonna, I was actually going to ask yeah, you if they've reached out to you. I've future. gone back to my school like three or four times. They must oh, be looking at you like, this was the guy that, yeah. this was the little ass yeah. <laughs> And I say that to your teachers as well. Like, you. <laughs> you, don't <laughs> <my> <laughs> <name> <laughs> <now>. <laughs> you don't believe in me. That gives you something. Because you're yeah. the one that told me I wasn't going to make it. Yeah, 100%. 100, was, now look at me, man. There was two guy, teachers where yeah, I was man. walking through the corridor and it was just like, you know that pursuit of happiness moment when the guy's like this? Yeah. I just felt like, that, like you. Yeah. <laughs> they never talk. But, um, <laughs> you're capable of me now. You know. But, um, no, like that, that head of you, I, had to, I wrote an email just mm-hmm. saying like, honestly, at the time, you know, you are so annoying, but I actually mm. saw what you're trying to do. So thank you, and mm. we we keep in touch on that stuff. Where I think that somewhere is flawed, yeah, is I just feel like those that are from that sort of social disadvantaged background and from the schools that don't like receive that attention, yeah. they are very very much neglected. Mm. And yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah, 100%. And they're neglected from all different aspects, from a creative aspect, from um, if they want to go into like policy mm-hmm. or politics or that aspect corporate as everything and mm-hmm. I, I even pose a question now in your, your school teacher um, how many sort of corporations organisations have come to your school to no. talk to your students to say hey no. this is what you can do mm-hmm. to excel this is what we say and yeah. if I was to ask that question to a private school mm-hmm. they receive a lot more attention they, this is it. corporations go there all the time to say mm-hmm. hey we have this workshop happening at this company, you can come and see this. Mm. Or, if they don't do that, then they've got family members in there that sponsor a lot of the things for them to mm. do. Right? And I was at this conference called One Young World this whole week. 
and there was a guy that posed a question to us saying is edu- has ed- is education an equalizer or a differentiator and what he meant by that is does education that's allow everyone to be on the same level playing yeah, field or does education actually say does, do this and it does do this and back to your point of where the flawed um, where the flawed aspect is it's here right mm. education should be we both so you go to Eton yeah. I don't go to Eton right yeah. but we both study maths we both study English we yeah. both study science we both study history we're now like this yeah. we should be but exposed it's, to the same information information yeah. right but it's, it's not like that right no, not it's I go to X school you go to just say Eton and there's nothing yeah. wrong with Eton I'm just using Eton as an example mm. right you go to Eton education has now done this mm-hmm. right? where it's allowed people to say I go to Eton I'm now here mm. you didn't you are now here mm. and when we're trying to go into the same sector because let's say I want to, we both want to become investment bankers mm. you, you start the race here mm. I start the race here it's not a level playing mm. field it's not and you have received the tools the contacts the networks yeah. and the organisation to come and show you that yeah. already yeah. I'm still trying to navigate myself yeah. and trying to see how I can get there so when mm. now when we're running this race so it's like self, this yeah, yeah, so right? and, like and even those people in this school here they don't know investment banking is opportunity for them. At all. And and even and even when say like we both go to because you have state school educated people that go to Cambridge, Oxford, LSE, like really, yeah. really prestigious Russell mm-hmm. universities, mm-hmm. right? So even when they go into university, they're still starting like this. Yeah. They're still like this. Mm-hmm. Because exactly now I always say there's a game, right? Now these guys here know how to play the game. So when they go in there, they know about how to talk. They know about what to say, how to say it, the culture. Yeah, they're, no, they're, they're, yeah. they've been, I want to say they've been trained, but they know they about know. Yeah, what it know. takes to excel. Mm. These guys are going in there, still trying to adjust the way that they speak. Mm. Yeah. They're still trying to figure out how to wear a tie properly. Mm. They're still trying to figure out what type of ties mean what. Mm. It's, it's such a game, right? That You've got ties that, if you wear a certain type of tie, it means, okay, yeah, you know what you're talking about. Yeah. And certain ties, it's like, what, yeah. okay, you're just a normal person. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know about this. Wow. Right? wow. These are things that I've, been taught I've seen right and these guys already know that so it's the little things it's not again it's not really a, an intellectual thing mm-hmm. and it's never really been an intellectual thing because like I said we're both studying similar stuff we're both using university example in university just not provided with the same but not provided with the same opportunities mm-hmm. to excel and that's mm-hmm. why these sort of drop out right and these one these caliber of people mm-hmm. progress and where we need to adjust that from an educational perspective is allowing education to do this mm. as opposed to it continuing to do this. And this is the thing. Um, and, and, you know, being a teacher, you're exposed to a lot. You see a lot of things mm. like the students, for example, you know, they're exposed to, you know, YouTube. You yeah. Know, it's yeah, funny, yeah, a lot yeah. of the students coming up to me now and they're like, yeah, I want to be a YouTuber. Yeah. You know, yeah, because yeah, they're yeah. not exposed to anything else. Anything yeah, else. Yeah. Or I want to be a footballer mm. because that's what mm. they watch when yeah. they get home, you know, um, what else? And one thing they're not provided with is reality. Reality. Right? That's it. And that is it. I've got nothing wrong with people. Like, honestly, if anyone came to me and said, I want to be a YouTuber, YouTuber I don't mind. No, exactly. go for it, but know exactly. about what it takes exactly. to get there, exactly. the things you need to get there, and just know exactly. how hard it might be for you to get there. Once you know all of that, mm. if you still want to do it, then go for it. One thing I see is a lot of the young ones, they want to become footballers. A lot mm. of them want to become footballers and there's nothing wrong with becoming footballers mm. I've got friends that have become footballers they, they, they live their dream right mm. but these people that want to become footballers it's almost like they've seen it and want to do it but they don't have anything tangible for them to know how to get there they don't know how many hours they need to train they don't know when is the right time to probably get into an academy when is the right time to sign a contract how to sign a contract they don't know that 
when you play at a certain level, you are neglecting your education. Is that mm. something you really want to do? Mm. They don't know that when you sign a pro, you can probably study on the side. Is that mm. something you want to do? They haven't weighed up the mm. pros and cons. They just mm. want to mm. go in there. Yeah. And they don't have that tangible sort of information for them yeah. to weigh up the options for themselves. Mm. At the moment, it's just that I want to play football. Yeah. Mm. And, and, I think, and say when they get to a certain age and it's like, oh yeah, you know what, football is for me. Mm. Because they've sort of neglected everything this beforehand. They're stuck. It's like a scandal with no parachute sort of thing. Nothing yeah, to, exactly. Yeah. Nothing yeah. to sort of hold, hold you back. So. so is it fair to say that you are disengaged in, in secondary school because yeah. they you couldn't relate to... <clears throat> I was disengaged. Curriculum? Yeah, disengaged in secondary school because I, I fell into that bracket of I want to play football but I don't have any tangible information. Mm. Exactly. I just knew that I was good so you, pers- you just pursue it. Just pursue and because it. you pursue it and you've got that confidence in yourself, mm. you neglect education. Yeah. And there's no one sort of saying, apart from those two teachers I mentioned, saying to you, hey, you need to do this or do this yeah. or do this. It's like, okay, if you're not going to listen, then bye. Do you yeah. know what I mean, sometimes some teachers do just disregard you, right? Mm. Um, like I had, <laughs> there was a student in my school, and I'll never forget the story when he told me this. He said, um, Ofsted, when they come to review your schools and stuff, mm. the teacher said, don't come into school that day because Ofsted are coming. Hey! Some schools send their kids out to trips. They're yeah. bad ones off to, yeah. off yeah. to Asda or something. <laughs> <laughs> they said, they said to him, don't, don't come to school on this day because Ofsted are coming. But that's not a fair reflection. Or, or, or they, they took him out or they took him out of school for that day or, or something. something no, no, like but that. that's, but that's, a, that's a con to Ofsted then. Cause you're not really, but that's why I'm saying Ofsted should just walk in because then you get a fair representation of what's actually happening. I think the point, the reason why I made that point is simply because Education is is now like game. It's, it is a game, it's a and game. it's like how do you navigate this game? I, at the conference I was at this week, there was one guy that said like, he he went to um he's a senior executive somewhere I forgot, and they were in a room. They said there was nine people there, and they all had um sons, right? Mm. And someone posed a question and said, "Oh, which one of your sons are private school?" And they all put their hand up, and then he was looking around saying, "Hmm." Why is this the case? And that's when he was the one that posed the question: Is it education now a differentiator or is it an equalizer? Right. And he he basically said he thinks education should just start again. Like everything should just start again. And the reason why I said that was because um, the conversation was around developing countries and and predominantly Africa, right? Mm-hmm. And um, he was saying those developing countries look to the Western world to see how things are done here mm. so that they can replicate it because they, they see the Western world as gold, right? Mm. They see the UK as, as gold yeah. and they want to replicate that. But he was saying if they do that, they're going to be in serious trouble. They're going to be in serious trouble because our education system needs to be revamped, it needs to be scrapped, it needs to be started again so that education can now do this as opposed to it doing this. Because yeah. we're in a new age now and we're, mm. we're, you know, like Carl Pupe said, we interviewed um, an author who wrote a book on behaviour, student behaviour, mm. and he said that Education has has it really changed since the Victorian times? It's archaic. Mm. It's archaic. It it needs to adapt to what is happening now. No. It needs to adapt into what um, the working world or the entrepreneurial world mm-hmm. is like. And right now, the world is constantly changing yeah. with and the technological. And we're still reading off my cement. It's true, man. Like Lenny. <laughs> so, um, but that's true, man. That's uh, that's yeah. a fair point. Um, You've dropped some nuggets. You've dropped some nuggets. Even I'm sitting here and I'll be honest, I'm just thinking about a lot of stuff. And it's it's very it's very true. It's very true. Um, Let's 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 move on to Quentin. Yeah, I was actually going to ask Quentin. How is it? How is it like? Like since you 
When did you meet him again? Sorry. 2000, uh, not since though, March 2014. 2014, so you've known him for what, five years? Five years, now? just mm. over five years. How's it, how does it feel like from him being nothing to now being, you, you say you talk to him all the time. Yeah, like, yeah. Is he like a best friend? Like, he's, like dad, my, he's like my dad, yeah. Yeah, yeah I call him like Uncle Q. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, nah, it's, it's been incredible, man. So when, you know, he was always there for me during like my internships and stuff and when I received knockbacks, you know, he was the one sort of picking me up and mm. he was the person I could go to and say, look, I've got these two contracts, which one do I go for? Anything he would say, I would take it on board and I'll probably replicate it because he's someone that I really, really, mm-hmm. really look up to. And you know, Quinnan is the white, middle class man and I'm black, working class, yeah. but I resonate with him so much. Wow. And the reason why I do that is because he gets it. And sometimes you need those allies that get it mm-hmm. because they're the ones that are going to be having conversations with those that don't get it mm-hmm. because they're in the same room as them, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, me and him, we've just grown. Yeah. Um, we do so many different things together in terms of like projects. So we do some things with BBC together. Um, we travel to do talks at corporations together. Mm-hmm. We recently started um, uh, like an organisation together actually called uh, Lincoln Field mm-hmm. where it came off the back of when the story came out and stuff, I got tons of undergraduates or first-time jobbers messaging me saying, oh, what tips do you have for me? Or I want to do this, I want to do that. And I will go through every LinkedIn message, um, thousands sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it was, it, was, it was long and hard, and but I wanted to do that because they were in the same position as me. Yeah. And he also got a lot of messages from senior executives saying, oh, I want to become a non-exec, you know, I want to jump onto the non-exec level or... Mm-hmm going to C-suite level, how do I go about doing that? And he would give them advice. Again, he got hundreds of messages. Mm-hmm. And we sort of came together one time and I was like, I want to start this thing where I really dedicate time to help undergraduates by doing, I don't know, if it's a, a workshop or a conference, I don't know, just giving them the things that you've helped me with mm-hmm. to pass on to them. Yeah. And he had a similar idea. So then we sort of brought it together. But he he did a lot of the work in the background. right? And... Um, so he's like semi-retired now, semi because he's still on the boards of a lot of stuff and does stuff mm-hmm. for Bank of England and portfolio different things, but he doesn't hold his commercial CIO role mm. at any organisation. So he had a lot of time to still work on that. Mm. And him and the former COO of BlackRock UK um, have come together to start this thing called Lincolnfield and I'm, I guess, one of the people that started it as well. And we've la- we launched it last week, the website last week. Mm. And we've got our first event in February mm-hmm. um, where we're inviting people from um, black, Asian, minority, African backgrounds. Oh, come on, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already there. I'm booking the day off. I'm booking the day off work, mate. Yeah, bro, come yeah, through. Yeah, Honestly, yeah, yeah, come yeah. through. Come like, through. Can I come on? Like, 100% I'm going to be there. <laughs> 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 can I, like, like, right, 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 He made a lot of time for you. Yeah. Considering his role. Yeah. Um, you know, me personally, I've reached out to people. Yeah. Um, you know, like, you know, on LinkedIn. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't even get a response. They'll see that you don't get a response. Yeah. So you'll you hit them with another message. You'll keep on going. But <laughs> yeah, but like it. But no, no, keep no, 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 no. But the, the messages isn't the point. It's the fact that he made so much time for you, exactly. considering how busy people presume exactly. yeah. these yeah. people in these C level executive positions are. Mm. When you know clearly, if they wanted to make time, yeah, yeah they could. And he, he, the reason why he says that is because, um, so he, that's a question he's asked a lot. When we do events together or whenever he goes somewhere and he's talking about the journey, he's asked with a question, why did you help him? Um, not from a cynical point of view, but 
what, why did you spend yeah. so much time to, to yeah. help this yeah. guy that you've never met before mm. that's just not to me at all mm. and he said well he has two kids right Quinton one's my age that now works in the States and one's two years older than me that lives in, in London mm. and he's, he simply just said if I wasn't around anymore because my dad passed away mm. he said if I wasn't around anymore and my son went to knock on someone else's door yeah. to help improve their life I would want someone to help my son, yes, especially because if I'm not around anymore. Wow, that's powerful. And he said when he saw me in his living room, um, talking to his wife and asking for that advice and the help, he instantly thought of his son, who was in the States and stuff. And he said, you know, if, if I would want that for my son, then I'm going to help this guy to do this. Mm. And that was what's on the back of his mind. So now he's, he's almost like my, my dad, right? He's mm. like a father figure to me. Mm. And... Um, Nah, he's super. I'm just super grateful for him, man. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any siblings, by the way? I have an older sister, that's 25. Sister? Yeah, yeah, she's two years older than me. Yeah. Oh, okay. oh, so, if someone's looking for like a mentor or someone to guide them, like, where would you first direct them to? Again, another question I get asked quite a bit, and I, I always say, see, I, I just feel like the, the people that have become like the mentors or the, the, the people that help me a lot, it's almost been accidental. Mm-hmm. Um, there's never been like, yeah. I go to this organization and they assign me a mentor and then yeah. we move. That might work for some people, but what's worked for me is just finding those people that have a genuine interest in me, mm-hmm. wanted to help me, and then we move. And then I ask them questions, engage from them, and see what they've done to amass their success, and then we move on from there. Yeah. Anyone that's trying to look for a mentor, I'll say number one, never shut the door on anyone that might not fit your criteria of a mentor. For example, if you go to an event and someone really, you know, you're talking to someone and you know, they're really interested in you, you're interested in them. Never think, oh, because he's white, middle class, and he's a lot older than me, yeah. mm. he surely can never yeah. give me the... Because he, he's not from the same background as me, so mm-hmm. he'll understand my struggles, blah, blah, blah. Quinton is, in terms of background, very... Di- similar stories. Yeah. Um, like He didn't grow up with wealth. He just worked really hard and amassed it, but if, on the face of it, it's very different. Right? Mm-hmm. So for anyone looking for a mentor, I would say, <coughs> number one, don't, don't ever block anyone out. Mm-hmm. Number two, like some of the best sort of people that have helped me it's always been accidental. It's never been assigned, right? Mm-hmm. So build those networks and those networks can turn into mentor-mentee relationships. Yeah, yeah. Number three, use platforms like LinkedIn to message people and not everyone's going to get back to you. Um, not everyone's going to say, oh yeah, let's meet for a coffee. Mm-hmm. But if you send 100 messages, you really need one person to respond back yeah, to you, right? Yeah, yeah. So send those messages to people on LinkedIn. Um, if they work, you know, go to events where your corporation are, are, are doing or if you're a student, go to events that organizations are doing to to meet people and just share your ideas with people and sh- and and share what you're trying to do with with people there and sometimes the best mentors can be your peer mentors right yeah. or they don't have to be a c-level executive if you want a c-level executive then you know these events will help as well but yeah i think those those are the things that i'll say and those are things that help me so yeah, yeah. Do, do you do you think um do you think being black has sort of sensationalized this story? Do you think your race or ethnicity has come into the forefront? Some, some, with some articles, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, there are some organizations and news outlets that um, they, they, they take the story and make it themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's, I'm sure it's legal because a lot of people have done it. Where they take, like, a, imagine like a blog post, mm. but they take it and then they write their own sort of view on it mm. and stuff like that. Mm. Um, some people have said that, you know, 
the reason why the story's out is because he's young black and the person he met is white. Mm. Um, some people said that if I was a white person, the story wouldn't have got any attention. Yeah. Um, some people have said that the only reason why Quentin helped me is because um, he had his own agenda okay. um, and he wanted, to, yeah, yeah. You know, he wanted to make a name for himself, mm. which is why he helped me. Um, so you, you know, people, how, does it, how does it make you feel when you, when uh, you read stuff like that? I smile and laugh. I'm, I'm you very. Tough skin. You build up tough skin. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just I, I sometimes I, I sit down and read comments and I'm just laughing. Mm. I'm like to my friends, have you seen this one? This yeah, one's funny. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't phase me. I, yeah, I've, I've been through so, so much, much that these comments and when you know the truth, like I've, yeah. I mean, if you want really, really funny comments, read the the, the BBC documentary one. I think there's like 800 comments on there read that one and you've got some people saying wild stuff and it's like oh this is just another gimmick from BBC they've obviously planned this this didn't really happen blah 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 um, the Sky News one I've been called a um, um, a black mogul was it a black mogul a blue blue ah I don't know what you call it but it's like anyway I've been called like so many different names I've been mm. saying and people 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 always come to address your colour right mm. yeah I mean they, they, they say colour they say um social background it's just, people it's just very wild yeah they, they try to put their own spin on it um, yeah. but <clears throat> I think number one when you know the story I guess it, it shouldn't really affect you and mm. doesn't affect me yeah. at all yeah. and number two you're gonna fight, face these people anywhere you go right yeah. so it's like it doesn't really doesn't face me the slightest I mean mm. I've, I've read a, a blog post by um, this one guy I don't know his name but he essentially wrote a uh it's like a seven minute read article on why what I did was wrong jeez what yeah. knocking on people's doors yeah everything from people. knocking on doors he said that you know um, he, he just insulted me throughout um, and he just said like I don't know I think he gave his advice on what he would do if he was me and let me say something hold on I know you're going to say what I'm going to say please <laughs> let me say it please Hold on. So what? What's this man saying that you did wrong? Uh, looking for. Look, what, he what? said, from what I remember, I, I was honestly laughing a lot. I didn't read the whole thing because you know when you flip, and you're like, yeah. oh, there's actually a lot left. And I can't wow. read the rest. Seven pages. No, seven. Oh, it's like a seven-minute long seven read. Minute yeah, long. yeah. Well, well. Um, he was saying, I number one was just disturbing people. Um, I was probably scaring people. Wow. If I wanted advice, then I should reach out to a relative, um, and ask them for but advice. The why yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah, re- yeah. Don't yeah, 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 yeah. What would he have done? Um, <laughs> he, he was saying that if he was me, he would have reached out to like a relative and asked for advice, probably asked him for work experience, um, uh. researched on Google about how to do this and do that. Um, to be fair, I, I was laughing and I was, I think it just goes to show the, the social differences that we it's a it's a very because like, obviously it's human that everyone's everyone's family's got like a banker in their family yeah, yeah, so yeah, they, yeah. Think, they think that they think that let's just let's just use a scenario yeah my my uncle works for sainsbury's he stacked the stars <laughs> yo uncle like the reason you're in the reason you're trying to get out that position is because you've got no one there yeah, that can actually help you with that and it's true the divide the divide is very 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 large um and that that article showed me that there are people that are in sort of their own little bubble or 
echo chamber that don't understand what it's like yeah, for people from those areas. Yeah, and they choose not to understand. Yeah, because yeah, he didn't reach out to anyone that reaches out to me, be it LinkedIn, social. Mm. I always try to, I always try to re- reply. Right. Mm. I've had people that I've had, com- I've had conversations with mm. that probably didn't agree with me or whatever. But we talk, right? And we always end it with, thank, like, this is an interesting discussion, thank you. Mm. I had a discussion the other day about, um, on my social media with someone about um, Africa and, um, like, the restructuring of, of, of Africa, right? And um, he was saying, oh, yeah, we don't need external people to do this. And I felt like one of the comments that he said was, it's quite bigotry, but I said, you know, explain to him why, he explained to me why. At the end, we ended it like, oh, that's a good discussion. Yeah, yeah, Thanks, yeah. man. That's yeah. it. That's how it that's should it. be, isn't it? Yeah. But this is it. There's a difference. I always say there's a, there's a difference between jealousy and envy. You know, jealousy is when you hate on the car that they have, you know, the clothes that they wear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But envy is when you actually hate that person. <laughs> I think they just hate, you're just envious of what you have and what you've achieved. Know, so they yeah. just attack you from that angle. Yeah. Trying to find holes in it. You know what I'm saying? I was listening to your TED Talk and it was it was really inspiring. Big oh, TED you. Talk, The Power of Mentoring. Yeah. Um, you speak about, but, but I'm going to go through yeah, the yeah, things yeah. that you spoke about. You spoke about you lost friends. Yeah. Friends that got yeah, shot. Yeah, that didn't shot, yeah, yeah. Do, did you, do you feel guilty when you hear that because you become successful? Nah, nah not at all. Um, were they close, close friends? Um, at the time, they I wouldn't say they were my closest friends, but at the time, so we when I was growing up, I had like two circles of friends. Mm. The friends I had in school, which were good people, mm. um, and then the friends outside of school, we went to different schools, right. um, who I'll go to with after school on right. the weekend. Right. And... These are guys where they went, where they went on to do a lot more things that were, you know, unfortunately wrong. Well, yeah. right? And um, so I was, I was fortunate that at the age of around fourteen, when I decided to like change mm-hmm. my, my my life around and try to like just focus on football, mm-hmm. I sort of started to let go of of, of those guys oh, and yeah, yeah. The, you know they weren't doing anything like terribly wrong. Mm-hmm. See little petty petty crimes here and there, but nothing. Nothing too sinister, nothing too wrong. Um, when they got to like 15, 16, that's when they sort of upped the ante a little bit. Mm. And they started to get you know, arrested and go to prison for like two months, three months, and go here and go here. And they started to to do and get involved in things that were now putting their lives at danger. Right? And um, you know, I've lost, like that, that, that sort of group of friends, I've lost about four, top of my head, four, five, to knife and gun crime. Wow. Um, Even in this period of yours. Yeah. So like success. now, like, if, like, yeah, like from the people that I used to hang around with, or those that were in my area, you know, four or five due to knife and gun crime, and over two handful of them have gone to prison at least once. Wow. Um, so do, do you always feel like maybe I could have reached out to them and and spoken to them or? Now, so I see. So I still see like, I still see some of them now um, that are in area. Like I saw one of them. It was a while ago now, probably like six, seven months ago now, and I hadn't seen him for years. Mm. And um, I was driving, and he saw me when I was making a turn, and he was with another guy. Came to my window and said, "Oh no, I see what you're doing, bro. Like, keep doing your thing. Like, uh, we would love to see it, kind of thing." Mm. So I, I don't feel like there's an element of hate or, you know, I could have sort of reached out to them at mm. an early stage because at this point I was kind of just focusing on myself. So I was barely in London. Yeah. So I mean, I was in. Working a lot of the time, Fair and you know, I always say like, 
it, it was never about uh he's successful now mm. who do you think he is mm. is he successful now like well done to him kind of thing mm. because at the end of the day we all had this goal of leaving the ends yeah. we all had this goal of having That's a better it. life it. it's just that people went down different routes to do it mm. I went down football and then took education seriously they some tried to go down you know, a more sort of criminal route mm. you know whatever some go down music route so mm. some of my friends are now like Global musicians, mm. um, so the end goal is always to get out, get out, right? So they respect that we get out, but you know they, they will never hate on the process of getting out unless I mean, you probably like snakes one of them to do it or whatever. That's another story for another day. But in terms of like your journey, your trajectory, yeah. they will never hate on that because you're trying to better yeah. your life essentially. When you get out, so let's say Nipsey Hussle, I mean, he had the chance to get out, mm. but he kept giving back to his community. Do you feel like okay? maybe I should use my platform to give back and help and so, contribute yeah so I do yeah oh, okay. so fair play, fair play. with my platform like I'm you know especially in the schools in my area mm. like, I try to do that as much as I can I'm still mm. in contact with the guys from like my immediate area like, I saw right. one of my, my young ones the other day and it was like oh no Reggie man I ain't seen you for a while like oh mm. I love what you're doing blah 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 mm. And I said to him, like, yo, if you need anything, like, you let me know, mm. do you know what I mean? I'm just trying to provide that hope and that visibility to, like, all of them. Mm. And hopefully they know that, you know, if they need anything, they can come and sort of chat to me. Mm. Um, but, nah, in terms of, like, giving back, always try and just help them as much as I can. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. do, like, mentoring in East London still. Um, so there's a youth group in London called Victory Youth Group, which mm. I go to and, and help mentor. Um so it's, uh, there's always things going on that you can help um, like I got one of the guys an internship at my firm mm. um, he's first year of sixth form now um, and again just trying to keep that visibility in like, look or if you pattern yourself this is what's available yeah, to you you spent yeah, a week yeah. here mm. now you go to uni and, and you bag it up. do you yeah. know what I mean now you know what's available for real, for real. so that's it man so yeah. something else yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. This big. I wanted to ask like how how, how does your mum feel yeah Knowing that she's she's seen you with Theresa May, and yeah, yeah. As, I don't know what your background is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm from Ghana. I'm from Ghana. Yeah, hey. welcome. That's it. That's it. Carl, Carl's got ten percent in him. Ten <laughs> percent. Found out that Carl's got easy. Oh yeah, did you do yeah, that? Yeah, um, tracing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, nice, yeah. nice, nice. Like I'll be honest. If my mom saw me, yeah. if my mom saw me like Theresa May or saw me on like she watches a lot of like Good Morning Britain. Yeah, or, like all those sort of news shows. Yeah, she likes them. If she saw me on those. Oh my God, you see Kevin calling Ghana. Yeah. Hey, whoa, Kevin. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, how does she feel? Knowing, especially knowing, you know, how the initial stages yeah, of your, yeah, yeah. your, your um, childhood yeah. to now and how you've just changed full circle. Yeah, it's true. Like, how it's does she feel? She, she, she's happy. Um, like, I don't know about different cultures, but in like the Ghanaian culture, there's this bragging rights yes. type, type culture right? and um, yeah, yeah. he's got new mums you know so it's almost like they're always trying to get the bragging rights yeah, and the bragging yeah. rights either come from oh, my son's in university doing this or mm. my son did this she's the, the ammo she's got yeah she even looks at them like hmm, mm. my son is the prime minister <laughs> <laughs> Have talk. you seen Steve Harvey? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, nah, she she she's proud, man. Like sometimes we'll be at home, um, and 
you know, me and my mum and my sister were talking and my mum just sits me and my sister down and she's like look I'm proud of you guys and she always say, says like it could have been very different for all of us very different, right? very very different, different. for all of us and you know, she's proud of what I've done what my sister's done um, and that we're taking things very very seriously I think one thing she says is I don't need to worry about you guys because mm-hmm. she has you know friends and you know they worry about their son or mm-hmm. yeah. or is what is my son up to or what's my son doing or is my son gonna come home and mm. they worry about that stuff and she says like I can go out of my house for like a week and my mum wouldn't need to check up on me she'd probably say oh everything okay but like yeah I'm just doing this mm. and she wouldn't have to question her is he lying mm. or is he doing this mm-hmm. do you know what I mean like when I went to bars I told her like a couple of days before oh yeah by the way I'm not gonna be around next week so I'm going here it's okay make sure you take the, your passport everything yeah. like that like, cool no problem and you know that, that element of not having to worry yeah. from all aspects mm. from me and my sister financially mm. like not having to worry mm. and I always say like it's the little things such as the washing machine breaks mm. now we can just buy a washing machine yeah. Yeah. before it was washing machine breaks damn hand wash hand, wa- hand <laughs> wash or laundrette <laughs> oh, or yeah, yeah, okay yeah. I'll take it to work yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, now it's, it's, it's such trivial things um, but, but Reggie also must be proud of your mum as well for overcoming her yeah she's my she's my like biggest alcoholism yeah, yeah. biggest role model. and that's the hardest thing that's to get, the hardest to yeah, get over yeah. biggest role model. Um, she's she works very very hard like I've seen my mum graft like no man's business and mm. she was my biggest role model in, in all of this right? mm. the reason why I wanted to play football well, of course yeah I enjoyed it but the element of it of was like creating a better life for yeah, me but for my mum yeah. do you know what I mean and going to change my life around mm-hmm. was for my mum when I got excluded and she was talking to me he's like alright like, look what I've done Like, mm-hmm. I've come from X country mm-hmm. to come here for you and that was when I was like yeah let me turn things around mm-hmm. you know when when she came off alcohol like it was a while ago now but I started to look at her and be like that's so inspiring do you know what I mean mm-hmm. and that even helped me take my face seriously as well because mm-hmm. um, I was never really a, a, a faith type person but that really helped me to sort of take my face seriously as well because I saw how it changed her I saw how it it uplifted her how it gave her hope and at that point as well I was like well, things are not going well for me so yeah, I need yeah. I need an outlet do you know what I mean so I'm I'm extremely happy for her extremely proud of her and um, yeah I feel like now she's gonna go Ghana soon sort of hang her shoes up and just yeah, relax yeah. a little bit it's like you've built her a house in uh, down somewhere yeah. in a car somewhere it's touching man it's, it's emotional is, I just feel like she can go back now and just not worry do you know what I mean like she, she can go to Ghana and she knows that you know, me and my sister like will yeah, cool. look after her do you know what I mean because yeah, yeah. we've got a house there in Ghana innit? so mm-hmm. she'll just go there like I wouldn't want her to work like don't worry about money or anything like what you need cool we'll do it we'll do this you want to build this we'll do it you want to do this we'll do it so. and that's it man growing up uh, I don't I can't I can't speak on any other you know uh, race whatever but um, as a Ghanaian when you're growing up a Ghanaian boy shall I say yeah how I see anyways you want to provide that for your mum yeah 100 mm. do you know what I mean you want to be able to have that day where you say of course Ma I got you man yeah, 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 yeah. good job do like, yeah. I got you and you've done that you know man you know, it's it's not it's not finished yet. No, no, no. But we're just getting started. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just it's just at the beginning. Um, mm. got some and you've got some bragging rights. Ah, uh, yeah. Ultimate <laughs> yeah, 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 bragging yeah, rights. Yeah. She can rest now. She can rest. She can rest. No one can say nothing anymore. Yeah, yeah hundred, hundred. Yeah, she she's she's loving it, man. She's loving it. So I mean, you you speak about the power of mentoring, and mm. you're big on this. Um, 
you speak about visibility guidance is it hope hope yeah, hope, yeah. yeah. What, can you tell our audience our viewers what what that entails yeah so um the ted talk that i did the mm. power of mentoring i say that the the mentoring that i received uh predominantly from quinton providing me with three things which were visibility yeah. guidance and ultimately hope mm. so the visibility into what i couldn't see before mm-hmm. which was a whole different world from a professional aspect yeah guidance into how to navigate that and pursue that because yeah. again i didn't know it existed yeah so once i knew it existed which was visibility i then needed to find a way to get there mm-hmm. and he gave me the guidance and having that visibility and having that guidance provided me and ultimately my family with hope that mm-hmm. we can change things around and that last one of hope it can be different for other people so visibility and guidance can provide you with confidence it can mm-hmm. provide you with opportunity yeah it can provide you with so many different things but for me having that visibility having that guidance providing me with hope and I always say like us having you know, the knowledge and ha- us having the sort of power in our hands as it were mm. if we were to just mentor young people or help I'm not saying you're going to help a, a village right or yeah. you're going to help a thousand people but mm. it can be two people it can be your family members whatever it might be if you give them that visibility you give them that guidance mm. I guarantee you're going to give them hope as well hope to change whatever thing they're going yeah, for, for real so, for real for that's real. true that's true you know I always say like you, you know everyone's like oh, I'm teaching 30 kids I say look I try one kid at a time yeah, yeah I try yeah. to change the world one kid at a time that's if it. you're trying to take on 30 you've already lost you've the lost, battle you've lost the battle you've lost the battle so nah that's big man that's big um, you do you do need help man what's, what, what yeah. would be your, your message to to anyone that is down in the dumps struggling you know doesn't know what to do doesn't know what to do way out, yeah, yeah. What is what? What would be your message? I always say that the the, the hardest moments create the best stories, mm. and the reason why I say that is because you you sometimes need those turbulent times and those mm. hardships and those times when you feel like you're down in the gutter and you're about to give up mm. to help you leverage the things that are going to come to you now. Mm. Because I wouldn't be sitting in front of you guys now if I didn't go through what I went through. Mm. I wouldn't have a story now if I didn't go through the period in my life where I suffered more. Well, my family suffered with alcoholism where I didn't know what I wanted to do where I lost friends unfortunately lost friends to the things that were going on in the area where I failed my, my first exam where mm. you know I was rejected by so many people and I knocked on their doors where you know so many different negative things happened to me where I was on the brink of giving up right mm. and sometimes you need those in order to create something that's going to inspire that's more people mm-hmm. and at the time you don't see it at the time you just think damn why is this happening to me yeah. or why do I have to go through this? Or why me? And you question a lot of things, right? And I've, I've just learned that these hard moments are the things that are going to create something that's going to inspire so many other people. So for anyone that is down or thinks that, oh, uh, why is this happening to me? Mm. I would honestly just say, like, everything, I believe that everything does happen for a reason. And as long as you're doing Same. your part, as long as you're doing the things that you need to do, mm. then I guess things will work out. You just have to keep sticking at it. And mm. You know, you're going to get to a point where you're going to be speaking to someone or helping someone mm. and you're going to provide them with that hope yeah. you're going to provide them with that visibility that yeah. guidance and I think that's how we're going to change not the world but that's how we're going to change things um, mm. like slowly yeah. do you know what I mean and if you look at all the greats as well you know they didn't get there without any sort of hardship mm. I mean, everyone had their own sort of hardship everyone had their own battles and it's made them who they are today so yeah I just feel like anyone that's going through that just you know, keep at it you know you can you can you can do it and it's very cliche right this mm. isn't new it's not 
from a, a secret book that I read yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is just my own personal life experience mm. that anyone, if you, if you want to do something, you can do it. And for real, for just real. understand that, you know, those hard moments are there mm. to create something that's going to be so exponential. Mm. So, yeah. Oh man, listen. You know what? Listen, Reggie, really you've come really here. Really I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I didn't expect it to be like this. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man. Yeah. To, as as I'm sure these little tell you as it's gone on, I've, I've got quieter and quieter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm echoing what you're saying. It's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're an inspiration to pretty much everyone sitting on the chair. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Some of the things you're saying. Yeah. It's true. Because it's true. Because. We've all grown up in those areas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And we've all thought of a way to get out. Absolutely. We've all been trying to engineer a way out. Mm. Mm. A lot a lot of the time our parents feel like education is that route. Mm. Um, and you get pushed on that route and you know, the next thing to do is get into the corporate side of life mm. and yeah. succeed and you have to you, be innovative. You, 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 you kinda get to a point where it's like, Okay, how do I get there mm. now? I've done the university. Like what next? Okay. I'll be honest, if it wasn't for my missus, I wouldn't have known about um, graduate schemes. Mm. I would have been thinking, okay, got a degree now, mm. let's jump yeah, on yeah, reading, yeah, 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 let's apply yeah, for yeah, some yeah, job. Yeah. But, um, with no clear route, like, it's hard to have hope. Exactly. Mm. Mm. Like, you know, to get them. sometimes you just need a bit of that help and that help, mentoring. Yeah. yeah. It's you know key. I mean? It's very key. What does a day in the life of Reggie Nelson look like? <laughs> Apart uh, from flying jets. <laughs> <laughs> like going on Steve Arms. I'm not going to lie, I want to meet that brother. <laughs> 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 nah, he's cool, man. He's like, Reggie, man. You know, I love you, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but day, normal day, you know, get in the office around between 8 and 8.30. Mm. Um, do my work. Um, so I, I work in investment management. Yeah. And I work in the client, well, I work in the client and in the investments team okay. at, at my firm. So I'll be dealing with like client. So what I do is a client has funds with us mm. and they hold a portfolio with us. And I'm responsible for having that communication with them to let them know like how their portfolio is doing or mm. if they want information on the portfolio, then they talk to me and yeah. we run through certain mm. things. Um, or on the investment side, you're helping to sort of allocate that their money into different asset classes mm. to grow their portfolio. Um, so I do that because I'm a graduate analyst, so I do both sides of the spectrum. Mm. Um, so day to day, go get in, crack through some emails. There must be like two or three meetings a day mm. to do with something. How do you unwind? Forget work. Um, Forget it because you do too much. <laughs> we, know we know you can't watch football. We know. No. <laughs> the team will probably send you into. Yeah, I, I don't watch live football anymore, especially with Arsenal playing. Just I've had love for shows. It's not. It's not worth it's it. Not but, worth um, it. Monday, isn't it? <laughs> but yeah, say like I finish work around like I don't know, say six. Yeah, yeah. So my hours are not too crazy. Um, can be a lot longer, but mm. average six. I'll just go chill with friends or go eat or nice. like there's a Greenwich Peninsula where they do golf. The golf range there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the golf range right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that place is big. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh man, yeah, it's so relaxing. Yeah, yeah. So I, I go there, or you know, I'm not really like the the loud, outgoing. Like, nah, I'm not lavish at all. I just yeah. I like nice stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what's, what's come on? Tell us what's the nicest thing you bought for yourself, man. What's the uh, most luxurious thing? I don't know. What did you? In fact, what did you buy? That you said, oh yeah, I've got it now. I've got it now. Oh, that you always wanted. Um, I don't know, probably a car. I don't know. Walk out, walk out, walk out. You see, car. <laughs> 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 nah, it's nothing big, Joyce. I, I always said, um, 
so when I um, graduated, I, I I said to myself, you know, I'm gonna get a new, brand new zero miles car, yeah. um, and I got the, uh, it's a Seat IB for tech, yeah, um, yeah. the SR Sport version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before you said tech, I started looking to him because like I had a um a CIB for as a um. So it's like it was the twenty twenty seventeen one. Yeah, so uh, nice. I, I grabbed that one and then I was like, Yeah, you know what, that's that's good man. That's I, I, I got it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I said to myself I was gonna get it and yeah, I got it and I want to buy like a zero miles car. I want to buy one car brand new in my life. So, um, next, I'm going to get another one soon. Yeah. Um, which one? Which one? Uh, Jaguar E Pace. Yes. I want to I've heard a lot of good stuff about that. <laughs> the SUV. I've heard a lot of good stuff about that. Because yeah. I saw the F Pace. I'm like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. But that's racks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the E Pace is just. just, 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 just <laughs> you know what? Me and my boy went to Jaguar the other day. To check it out and stuff yeah. and get some quotations and that. Mm. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely next one. Wicked. I like it. I like, but, um, it. I like it. But yeah, apart from that, um, I'm writing a book as well, so I spent some time doing that. Really cool. Yeah. So what was the um, book about? It's like a memoir. So um, oh, it's it's um, it's like a memoir, just documenting what you know I've been through and again just highlighting that. Yeah. You know, it doesn't really matter about what you've been through, but like if you've got that goal and you know what you want, then mm. go out and get it. And that mm. book is almost tailored towards students that are it could be for anyone but yeah. predominantly for students that are just either stuck don't know what to do I'm gonna read it <laughs> I'm gonna read that. or need a bit of an uplift yeah so and, you know Wicked. it's been working quite I've been working quite hard on it um, with like, my agents and stuff yeah. and getting the right things in place and um, I had a meeting with my agents a couple of weeks ago and it's, it's you know, I'm really excited by it so um, yeah. that's something I'm applying a lot more pressure on myself to yeah. to do because in the midst of everything, you can sort of lose yeah, track of yeah, where you are, and you say, "Oh, I'm going to do this many workout in this week," but then you, yeah. you get busy, and so now, like even after this, I'm going to find somewhere and just spend like an hour and a half, just time myself hour and a half. However yeah. many words I do, I do it, but yeah. at least spend some time sort of progressing. Well, myself. Well, when are you looking to get a book? So out? it depends on the publishers. So yeah. um, where you know, my agents is all dealing with all that stuff, yeah. but. Um, Depending on the right publisher you get, it can be depends on what they want to do, right? So if they mm. say, Oh, the book will be great for like a New Year's type mm. resolution book, you know, people get it, then exactly, yeah, a gift to some yeah, people, yeah. or like September release for yeah. when people are going back to school mm. and they need a bit of a, yeah. a lift. The lift, yeah. Um, so it just depends on what the yeah. publishers might say. This book will be good for any month. We'll release it X Y Z date. Yeah. So I um, think in twenty twenty. Yeah. Um, when tw- yeah, yeah. T- definitely twenty twenty. So yeah. I'm trying to, if once I get the first draft like completely complete done, I'm nearly finished. Yeah. Um, I'm more than sort of sixty five percent of the way. Yeah, yeah. Which is encouraging. So get the first draft done, and then the editors look will like look at it, draft, mm. redraft mm. it, do it again, do it again, and then um. I think probably on the fourth or fifth edit when we uh, finish it, then. Jeez. Make sure you let us know. No, no, honestly. On the early copies, on my hand, the one that's been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a number two, man. Carl, book launch, and you guys. Yeah, my favorite question. Like, what's what's next? Um, Apart from the book, of course. Yeah, yeah so the, the book. Um, so it's funny. I was actually having this conversation with um, the uh, the guys at the agency, yeah. and. Um, <clears throat> I was like yeah do some stuff I really like hosting stuff so when I did the House of Lords stuff and yeah. I've done mm-hmm. a few award shows and, and hosted that I enjoyed that so I might do a bit more of that mm-hmm. um, 
traveling so doing talks and stuff mm. I don't think that will ever die down because yeah. it's just continuous yeah. inflow after inflow after inflow mm-hmm. and so I'll continue doing that um, obviously the book stuff try to do some stuff in policy as well so yeah. the program the the program that I did at Oxford was really really helpful and because it opened my sort of vision into life of politics mm-hmm. and um, stuff like that so I would want to get involved in policy sometime in the future yeah. um, so working in finance so I want to progress in, in that as well yeah and yeah with the initiative I'm doing with Quinton mm-hmm. so scale that to a grander level um, what's that going to be in Lincoln Lincolnfield so uh yeah, link. I don't know if it's .co.uk or .com. Register. Lincoln dot com. It's register. dot linkenfield. dot. I'll find out. Yeah, um, yeah. So that, and yeah, obviously continue doing the mentoring. That that, that stuff will never stop. But um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. There's a lot of working out. Listen, we've just had the most <laughs> insightful interview. Honestly. Yeah. Probably in in. in this whole experience that mm. we've been doing the podcast no, honestly you, you know you what so much. next time these kids want to play knock down ginger <laughs> wait let them open the door and say give me advice rather than running away give me advice that's it that's it listen Quentin not Quentin I knocked on your door going to go away going in as well you know what I mean Oh man, Listen, Reggie, thank you very much. It's been absolutely incredible.